Welcome back to another episode of Let's Chat Markets. We have another fun episode for you today with not one, but two special guests. It was a pretty light report week, so we're going to focus on the U.S. cold storage figures that were released at the beginning of the week, which means we're going to mostly be focusing on cheese and butter. And who better to cover those markets than our very own experts here at High Ground Dairy? We have Eric Meyer on to chat cheese and Austin Bentham here with us to discuss butter, a very exciting little show for our listeners. November has been a very volatile month for cheese prices on the CME. During the last week of October and into the beginning of this month, the market was sort of in free fall mode. And now that the calendar is approaching the end of November, we saw a nice price boost at the end of last week. But now, during this shortened holiday week, the market is a bit more quiet. Let's dissect this a little bit, shall we, Eric? Of course. What caused that sharp rally last week to the upside? Well, we had two kind of key reports or pieces of news that came out last Thursday afternoon. First was the October U.S. milk production report which came in below the prior year, down 0.5 in the all US with yet another downward revision from the previous month, as well as additional cows being removed from the herd. This was the first year over year decline since May of, of 2020. And I think it caught people a little bit off guard, perhaps thinking that it may have come a bit early. We had been expecting the potential for something like this to happen for some time, but the market had been selling off. And so sellers on the market had kind of gotten scared off and we saw a pretty dramatic rise to the upside on both futures as well as on the CME block cheese market. So that kind of helped bring things to where they were at the end of last week. In addition, the USDA also published a bid or a solicitation for uh, over 19 million pounds of cheese for delivery between uh, February and July of next year. And that also was somewhat unexpected. We had seen the USDA leverage the Build Back Better initiative as, as the budget line for that. And so that appears to be some new money and that helped contribute to the end of last week's rally. So is this $175.80 per pound range here to stay for cheese prices? Well, that's a good question. We made our run and we've stayed up all week at the exact same price at $185.75. But this was a really quiet week on the cheese market. We didn't see you know, barely any cheese trade block or barrel. We also had a bearish cold storage report. Uh, so contrasting the bullish milk production figures was inventories that actually increased, natural American cheese inventories actually increased from September. That's a pretty rare occurrence. We've only seen that three out of the last 10 years. But I think what really stood out to me was the fact that October was actually the highest kind of the the high watermark um, from an inventory perspective is the heaviest inventories that came in in October. And that has actually never happened before in any calendar year in the past. So what that tells us is while milk production is coming off, we still did see increases in milk production in the upper Midwest. We're probably making more cheese than we have before. 
and demand was no good. And so we've seen cheese converters kind of keep, you know, their inventories are remaining inflated. And so our feeling is, is that perhaps this choppy range that we've seen on the cheese market here, in particular on the blocks, is likely to come off here a little bit. Our expectation is we probably have 10 to 12 cents to kind of come off here in December. That doesn't dismiss our bullishness here, but it may be delayed or pushed off a few months as the market works through a couple of issues um, within the marketplace. Yeah, perfect. So we did put out a bit of caution or forewarning to our customers and our price forecast that came out on November 15th. Can you recap why the team thought that was necessary specifically for cheese? Absolutely. So I think from a cheese perspective, over the last month, we've started to see data, fundamental data from both the U.S. with milk production coming off as well as globally, where we're just not seeing the milk. New Zealand had a couple of very difficult months, and even getting back to parity, which is expected in November, would be a poor number. We're seeing milk production tempered in Europe and prices across the board, multiple commodities making moves. I know that Austin will be talking a little bit about butter, but the fact that the class four complex has been rising also lends a bit of support long-term into the cheese market. And then of course, with high feed costs and a lot of inflation across the commodity complex, our expectations are starting to shift around that even though the cheese market is somewhat plagued by some short-term problems, opportunistic exports are difficult with port congestion, as well as cheese converters or those cut and wrap facilities really struggling to move throughput because of labor challenges that once those start to become better resolved in Q1, we're likely to see prices uh, achieve a new range. And so, of course, we, we put out those warnings to our customers in the latest forecast. Thanks for that. I have one more very important question. What cheese is the most important flavor on your holiday cheese board this year? Well, I appreciate that you asked that question, Alyssa. I actually have two varieties that I think are just spectacular. I am a sharp cheddar fan. Three-year cheddar from the upper Midwest and a few different select plants are amazing, but that's an easy answer. There are two cheeses I think are spectacular to have on cheese boards over the holidays or really on any weekend when you're hanging out with friends. The first is a good like 12-month aged Manchengo um, from Spain. Delicious. And then second, um, really any cheese, like my favorite domestic cheeses are made by Sartori, but in particular, their raspberry Bellavitano is incredible. So those are my two. Ooh, I'm gonna have to check those out. Thank you so much. We're gonna move on to butter. Austin, butter's been incredibly interesting this year as well, especially throughout the entire pandemic. But most recently, and despite concern about heavier inventories just a couple months ago, butter's shown upward momentum for nearly two months now. Let's talk about the butter result on cold storage first, Austin. What was the key takeaway there? Yeah, I think the key takeaway for October was we slowed down a little bit. So August and September, we saw huge pulldowns, huge drawdowns in inventory. And the question on everyone's mind was, hey, do we have front-loaded demand or are we going to see record-breaking holiday disappearance? That really remains to be seen. I think the way October looks, it's probably leaning a little bit more towards a front-loaded demand. So now the attention shifts towards November to see what happens there. If we have good pull-through November, 
I think it cleans up a lot of the problems that really started in the pandemic and in spring of 2020. If we can get those taken care of domestically, I think we're going to see some pretty attractive prices coming into early 2022. One of the most common questions we get from our U.S. customers, as well as our international customers, is are we going to be able to ship more U.S. butter into the rest of the world? And if so, where would it be heading? So typically, our butter export partners are in the Middle East, North Africa. There's a lot of applications for U.S. white butter in Middle East, North Africa. And traditionally, they can use butter sourced from anywhere on Earth. That's where we're most com- competitive. And I think it really depends on how our domestic situation plays out. If we are pretty snug here domestically after the November report and after our holiday sales are made, our price has to get to the level where those importing U.S. product isn't as attractive as it is out of New Zealand or the EU. Now, most likely we're going to have a pretty healthy inventory rollover, and that's going to allow producers to be more competitive and to take advantage of higher international prices, especially in Q1. So like we said in the cold storage report, if we don't see good domestic disappearance in November, it's really not the end of the bullish story. We have another opportunity and we can strategically utilize the inventory that we don't use here in the U.S., to position ourselves to be able to make export butter into Q1 and Q2. That's, I think, why traders and market participants really are so bullish, because they see the potential for arbitrage. And one thing to add that I think might be new this year is Canadian milk is not as strong, um, neither is Mexican milk. So we might be able to trade butter and butter fat in North America, which isn't very common. So really a lot of supportive factors for butter in the next you know, six to 12 months. I have to do a little humble brag for a moment because it was just great insight for readers. I know together you and Lucas Fees on our team decided butter would hit $2 per pound this year. And here we are. Uh, If you missed it, there was a cheese market news article in which they asked the team's opinion. It's a really great read if you have the chance, but where do we go from here now, Austin? Yeah, I think $2 was the easy part um, for our team, but where we go next is a bit tougher. You know, as we just discussed, if November sales are disappointing, we might have a little extra butter to deal with and to negotiate into the export market. So maybe that resets price a little bit lower. And, you know, as we come off the holiday demand season, we start to rebuild those inventories. There could be downward pressure as these inventories start to build and as producers start to get net long again. As we kind of rotate into Q1 of 22, logistics and port problems, port backups start to be more of a concern. Can we capitalize on those export markets and how does that play out? If we can easily access those global markets, then I think getting back into the range of the 215 type numbers might be on the board. We do still have a lot of inventory that needs to work out. So the $3 markets of 2015, 2016, those types of years, Probably not in play because we do have a lot of cleanup to do, but now's a great opportunity for the U.S. butter industry to clean up all this inventory that's been hanging around since the pandemic. 
Oh, that's perfect. Thank you guys so much for coming on today. I'm, I'm sure our listeners got a great deal, a wonderful information on the markets from you guys. If you celebrate Thanksgiving, we hope you have a wonderful time visiting with your loved ones this week. The markets are closed tomorrow and Friday. So that's the 25th and 26th. CME markets will be closed. And then of course, with gratitude at this time of year, we want to thank our listeners for their support and our customers tuning in for their business throughout these volatile times. We love providing insight and advisory for every one of you and look forward to life getting back to normal in the near future to be able to visit with you again. Thank you so much and have a wonderful long weekend. Cheers. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you're interested in receiving more information as well as our analysis, please visit highgrounddairy.com to request a free 30-day trial today. Futures and options trading involves substantial risk and is not suitable for all investors.